Hello, Faith Jacobs here. Welcome to a special bonus episode. Um, today I was gifted the time to speak with two of our incredible actors for the series, um, John Comby and Jack Morby, who voice Edgar Faust and uh, Sirius Ab- um, <laughs> and Sirius Abaron, respectively, in this show. And have been for the last four years. May is the month that Chaotic Idiots um, premiered. And while its technical anniversary has passed, on, it was on, actually on May 15th, um, we were able to find a scheduled time to meet and talk about the characters of Edgar and Sirius from um, seasons of Tunanaga and Chaotic Idiots respectively. Uh, for today. So without further ado, and without much rambling, I present to you a very fun and very um, hilarious and beautiful uh, bonus episode, a little interview between, and it's almost a little discussion, um, about the characters of Edgar and Sirius. So please uh, enjoy. Hello, welcome back to Coffee Break, everyone. My name is Faith Jacobs, and I'm your host. And joining me today are two incredible gentlemen. They're amazing actors. They're some of the kindest, funniest, and talented people I've had the pleasure to work with for about four years at this point. (laughs) I adore them, I respect them, and I could sing their praises all day. But for now, please join me in welcoming Jack Morby and John Comby to the show. Thank you guys for being here. Thanks Thank you for having, for having us. us. Of course. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I feel very, I, f- I feel very, um, how can I say, like, not shown up by that intro, but I feel like I need to fill it in now. I'm like, <laughs> oh God, I've been praised too much. I must, I must ratify this somehow. <laughs> so. <laughs> I think you should carry on, to be honest with you. <laughs> more. <So we> more. <laughs> yes, yes. Give us more praise. off one at a time and introduce yourselves maybe tell us something brief and fun about yourselves and who you voice on the show to Nanak Brotherhood then we'll dive right into our topics of discussion and questions for today John you may go first oh thank you you got introduced first so I thought you'd go first now hello I am John I'm John Comby I'm a general voice actor and also public historian which is an interesting combo uh, I, uh, yeah, um, generally I, I voice Sirius, that helps. Uh, fun fact, I have done way too much audio in my life. I think I have done uh, now something like eight years of almost continually making podcasts of voice and voice stuff. Wow. And I've also done actual live radio broadcast. You might have once heard me all around the UK hosting the student radio chart show. But that was a long time ago. That's Lovely. cool. Me now, hello. <laughs> um, so, hi, I'm Jack, and I voice Edgar in the show. Um, I am an actor um, from England, from West Yorkshire. Um, I'm currently out of work, um, but not for long. <laughs> I've got nothing in the pipeline. I'm just being optimistic. Yeah, no, um, you'll, you'll get stuff. Yeah. I believe, and oh, I know, yeah. I know, because you're amazing. I was just saying to Faith before this, um, uh, while you weren't here in the in the pre-show, while we were talking all about you, um, <laughs> oh. without you knowing. Uh, no, I I've been out of work for the last eight months, and I literally got a job offer last week. So Congratulations, John. Congratulations. So, thank you. I'm tooting my own horn, but I just wanted to like, I wanted to throw in the good vibes. I want to throw in the good vibes. Yes, you guys are both are going to do amazing no matter what you get. Now, we're going to jump into our discussion questions. So the first one is aimed at, the, at both of you. So mm-hmm. back when I approached you for the roles of Edgar and Sirius, respectively, back in the dark ages of 2021, <laughs> what, what were your initial thoughts? Based on what little description was given, because I really tried to keep the series a secret, and in those early stages of your character's introductions, what examples did you use or pull from to get into the mindset of portraying your characters. 
Would you like to go first, John? Oh, shall, shall I? Shall I go first again then, Jack? Just yeah, so like, shall people. We, shall we do it like this? Just yes. So we're not, yeah. Yeah. So otherwise, people might get confused with our voices because I forgot to introduce. I'm also from the UK and English. I I, <laughs> I don't sound it, but I'm from the northwest. Jack will go. Wait, what? You're from the northwest, and you sound Whoa. like that. Yes, exactly. Um, <laughs> for the, any Americans listening, people from the Northwest do not sound like me. Uh, it would be like someone introducing themselves, um, like saying they 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 are from Seattle and talking like they're from Boston um, <laughs> or New York usually. But yes, um, I thought it was quite fun when I was uh, first learned about Sirius and like the character because. At the time, I was working in Japan as an assistant language teacher, and sure. I was recording uh, in my cupboard. Um, it was a rather nice walk-in cupboard. I'd kill for that cupboard now. <laughs> um, but no, I th I was thinking, I was like, no, this is a cool... I was doing some stuff for some other projects at the time, and I saw this, got approached by Faith. I was like, no, I think this is really exciting, and it's a really cool thing to get into. Uh, the one thing that I was a bit unsure about when you first approached me, I remember you originally asked Sirius with a Welsh accent. Yes, I did, because I, I think in my mind, I was thinking that I wanted Sirius to sound or have a vibe very similar to Orlando Bloom in, like, Lord of the Rings. And His, his accent and I, isn't Welsh. I though. know, I know. <laughs> mind you, mind you, back then at that point, like, my... I feel, I feel so much younger. I feel older these days. But, like, back then, I I just, I didn't really know, I think, what, it's true It's true when they say voice directors don't know what they're looking for. And so you tried Welsh, and we didn't like that. And then I went, why don't you just, because you did a second take, I remember, in your audition, as just your regular voice. And I went, let's just go with that. Cause you, just, you, you, you sound good. Let's just go with that. I, I recommend any Americans who don't know what Welsh people sound like, by the way, to watch a series called Gavin and Stacey, yeah. uh, which is most well known for James Corden. Um, yeah, uh, least said about him, the better. But <laughs> the other characters in it who are all very Welsh and have very Welsh accents and are all very lovely. But I don't think Sirius would sound very nice like this. No, uh, no, it's not, you know. So once again, I, I grew up... with. I couldn't quite like, and CCC, you know, casting call club does not have the best range of like diversity. It, it was our like, <laughs> it was like British general or, you know, like, general, like general British English or Welsh. And I was like, let's go with this, <laughs> you know? Um, <laughs> but, uh, but Jack, what, what about, what about you? Hello. So yeah, it was it was nice to be asked and approached for for projects. I always love helping people um, with their own personal projects or with um, or with just their own academic projects. Just even it, um, I was very much um, at one point an actor who I don't want to do things if they're not paid. But now I've become a lot more uh, open to things because. It shouldn't solely be about that. It should be about um, you, first of all, staying in practice, but also, um, but also, it's an art form, and I think it's important to continually be an artist when, even when um, you're not earning. Um, but um, it was lovely to be asked, and um, it was great to play a neurodiverse character um, because. That at the time, that was something I was becoming a lot more open to. Yeah. Um, so that was that was lovely to have to have to have picked up on that particular beat. Yeah. Would you believe that that this character almost even didn't get that introduction because we actually I almost cut that arc because the original actor who who, who voiced Edgar couldn't do him and he couldn't couldn't voice him anymore and. Uh, Edgar almost really was almost cut entirely from from season one at the end. Um, mm. And uh, so when you came along, you kind of randomly followed me on Twitter that one day. Um, I was, num number one, very impressed by you. And number two, uh, very nervous to approach you because I, 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 at that point, I, I, I didn't do that. Um, and uh, mm. like you were a, very much a, a blessing to have. Um, oh, thank you. I love helping people, especially yeah. with creative projects it's what i do i like to 
I like to collaborate. Yeah, and it's been amazing so far. So the second, um, second question, aiming once again at you two. Um, so series one, Edgar Jack was a late casting, as as we mentioned, and you came in during the finale of the series since the past. How does that version of Edgar compare to series two, Edgar, in regards to playing the lead rather than a supporting role? And how has portraying him on your end of things as an actor evolved? I assume that wasn't a question for me, but um, there we are. I am playing Edgar. I am Edgar Squared. You're playing Jack as Edgar. <laughs> <laughs> the same will apply to you, John, Edgar. I mean, Jack, I'd like to hear from you first. Sure. So I think um, he he's changed a lot because when I first started recording... Um, I found it harder to record the earlier stuff because uh, of finding the age and the experience of him. I think he's become a lot more. He's, yeah, he was... he's not. He's gained. He's gained a maturity, but I wouldn't say he's wholly mature. That's not a defining mm. aspect. No, he was. When I first wrote him, I wrote him at the age of sixteen. So he was a he was a sixteen year old year old boy, who who they, I think the character of Leroy is, is meeting in this very tense and like it's, it's beats of his life, but it's not the whole picture of his life. It's only the most intense parts of that character's life. Whereas mm. we, when we jumped into Tiernanak, I wanted you to experience Edgar at 16 all the way to, I think, when he enters adulthood. Yeah, and that's kind of why I, f I feel um, a bit more comfortable with it now because it's he because you've got the the baggage that came before and also just um, uh, playing young is always a bit of a challenge for an older for a slightly older actor. Um, My beard says otherwise. <laughs> no, your beard says otherwise. Yes. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, it, it's changed. It's changed massively. I think there's more of a fierceness. There's less of a fun factor, which yeah. is not which is not a bad. Which I don't mean in a bad way. I mean that he, that he was there was a more of a twinkle to young Edgar, whereas he, there's more of he's he was, a bit more consumed by some darkness. Yeah, he's more. There are light. There are moments where he's lighthearted and he's joyful and he's funny and he's playful. But there are moments too where he's very much conceited and bitter and he's got and, and he's fighting forces of, of, of pure inner turmoil um which we get to see a little bit at the very tail end of of uh of um sins of the past but not really in the way that that i got to explore with this season now what about what about you john because i think right out the gate i actually was re-listening to, to your episode your solo episodes is serious right out the gate He's smack dab in the middle of, 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 of trauma. Yeah, that's something. Obviously, every you you always take things from your own life when you're doing acting and, and such. And especially for Sirius, there's a lot of trauma, there's a lot of pain, and there's particularly there's pain that I've been through in my life that I've chosen to to harness for that. But then when it came a little bit later, when it came to, say, season two, I found some of the bits really interesting, like the relationship scenes, because I, well, uh, about a year and a half ago, whilst voicing a lot of season two, I've got, I got into a relationship with my partner. It's all going very well. Um, and that was like one thing that was, it was, it helped me like reconsider like things like, both the transformative powers of love, but also like the fear that love brings, like the fear of fear of its loss, yeah, and how it how how that can affect people, and how it it makes people do different things, maybe things that aren't immediately in character for them, but also that very much are. No, one hundred percent. And and you know what was also interesting to me was the fact that ninety five percent of your introduction as Sirius was just you. There, Edgar's there, but he's spoilers. Edgar is in a coma. Um, and uh, oh, Don, I was going to listen to that. 
Um, so Edgar, Edgar is, is in a coma, um, and when it comes to the modern era of the Kinetic Idiots Project, um, which is something that I want to explore in, in this next script that I'm writing, is how that happens. Um, but it, So it's entirely just you, um, and it's so powerful. That, that Those are probably my two of my favorite episodes, is it's Jack's solo episode as Edgar and Gore's as serious because it's really just the two, just you guys in a scene. There are other characters around, but you both really take center stage. Suck um, it, whoever voiced those other characters. <laughs> we're, we're her favorite. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love you too. <laughs> um, but uh, so next question, Jack, um, you mentioned to me in our last time that we talked sort of in this manner that you like to choose things to help you understand the core of a character. Now, did you utilize the same process with Edgar? And if so, what were those things or that thing that you chose to help with you get into the crux that makes Edgar who he is? Oh, um, I think coming of age is a really important thing and that's something that everybody goes through and it's something that I like to think back on a lot is the not the moment but the pro the times of transitioning from one one version of yourself to another um um I don't quite I'm still figuring out how to expand on that but I think um but the yeah, the thing I honed in on was all the struggles leading to strength. Um, but even if that strength isn't always a good thing, because he, he, Edgar's not always in control. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's another thing is the the lack. I like characters who can't control something. They're always way more interesting than people who can control things. Yes, yeah, he definitely has moments in that the show where everything is really out of his hands and then he's frustrated with it. And, and I do like how you kind of bring that to the surface. Yeah, cool. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, John, what about you? Like, what, what's your process as an actor and what did you choose to utilize to help you understand Sirius outside of the scripts? You might have answered that a little bit, but, but is there anything else that maybe that maybe helped you in the in, in the thought process or, or or at least breaking down the character no i got uh, part of it is also is also partially in a way cheating because when i like to look at characters everyone i like to look at people people you know or people you've met even for like very small like parts of them and and taking parts in of that to the performance as a whole. So um, either different tones or like different speaking inflections, like people are so much like maybe a different, I think I was specifically in series one, I was thinking of like some of my old university lecturers and is very specific, like people underestimate how important like a, a your the rhythm of your speech is. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you're a different person. So there's a person on TikTok who I love who does like mouth acting and she like um, she can do all these different voices that are kind of impressions but then that she she very physically changes how she's saying the words and it and it shows up and she can do all these different celebrities. It's very very good. But I think there's a there's an element of that in how you speak the rhythms that people expect from your voice and then the rhythms that they don't. Right. And like giving characters like that unique part of themselves. I feel like, especially when voice is one of the only things you have uh, to connect with these characters, I think it's really important. And I think it's like very much what I thought of giving like seriously a when developing him like a unique voice a unique rhythm that was his own but also based on some people i've met in the past who shall remain nameless absolutely no we all we all take little bits and pieces of the people that we meet throughout our lives i feel and we just kind of go here's a buffet of things i could use later <laughs> um so my my next question and this is open to both of you or either of you i, I didn't really specify um so the main conflict of the story is 
just fighting against just about every deterrent possible, difficulty, gods, fate, forbidden relationships, trauma, and family turmoil. When reading those scenes, what's your process as far as trying to understand the material you're reading? And do you have any questions that I have yet to answer about the world itself or even the Faust family? Uh, I, I think a lot of it comes from um i like to kind of ride the script a bit i like to try and skim through and say a lot of these things without thinking too much about it i think thinking Mm -hmm. can sometimes be a barrier and it's best to follow instinct sometimes so i like to sort of skim through uh and just very quickly speed read uh and say certain things before i record and then suddenly yes you've got something to draw on but you've also got you've got a feeling then when you skim it and speed read or i, I like to term it surfing it um yeah. you get a feeling whereas when you record it you get more information as you do it that helps fuel that feeling no agreed agreed yeah no i totally agree with that the idea of just being able to go into like a script and read it through or surf it as Jack does. I'm a terrible surfer, so I will not do that. <laughs> I will I will swim through it because I've fallen off my surfboard. Uh, but swimming through the script is I I've, it's 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 very important because you get to experience trauma as the character themselves. Right. So as most characters aren't going to have time to think about how they would react to right. a certain thing happening. So being able to like almost experience that in the moment and then when it comes to recording it, going through and, and taking from that. I totally agree with Jack on that. Gotcha. All right. So switching gears a little bit from the origin of, of when we started this and into character relationships. This is aimed at you both. Edgar and Sirius have a deeply connected relationship. They grew up together. They've been held together. And as again, as mentioned, ultimately, when Edgar ends up in, in the coma, Sirius still continues to love and care for him. And I love how you portray him. Um, you're not afraid to play into Sirius's gentle personality. And in contrast, I like the way Jackie leaned into Edgar's um, timidness, brashness, and inner frustration. With all that said, the question for you both is, when digging into the relationship between them for your own respective performances, what's going on in the back of your minds, reading those sometimes very intimate and sometimes intense scenes? <laughs> Just pondering that one. If you want to jump in. I will jump in. Yeah, go go ahead. I will jump in and say, to be honest, not much. Uh, (laughs) Trying to, obviously trying to connect emotionally with the character and how they're going through things. But again, I'm going to go back to Jack's thing of of saying that sometimes thinking about things like that is boundary. And, but also you have to be prepared for it because if you do too much stuff like that, too much Stanislavski, etc., uh, it can really hurt. Reliving pain is still pain. Right. Um, you, yeah, this is something that is why I very specifically don't like how a lot of method actors do things and also like experience because when you take up pain to use for a character, you are still getting hurt. Yeah. You are I still experiencing that. I actually more of lean into Meisner and um, Stella Adler or or Mm -hmm. more. I, so I, because voicing the character of Jacob, I I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with quite a few who's very close to me in some ways and not so close to me in other ways, but a lot, a lot of my writing as an actor, I I actually have to learn to step outside of that. And that was very Mm -hmm. hard for me. You actually will see, if you listen to season one, you actually will see a difference when I stopped relying on that um and pulled more from imagination Hmm. i think it's especially the kind of like for me is the idea of like something from uh yeah it's just being able to like prepare with pain and also it 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 helps that i like i read stuff and have I, i read stuff that involves conflict and stuff every single day um Lots of people are very happy historians. I am not a happy historian. Um, so you go through lots of different things that are trauma and death, etc. Um, so 
um, part of it is connecting to those people and their experiences, but part of it is also being able to separate yourself enough so that you know where your limits are. Right, right. No, I agree. Jack? Um, a lot of my uh, training as an actor, at least in the last four years, has been uh, quite physical. So um, it's good to take time to get in the right headspace, but it's also quite beneficial to just throw yourself in and to just help generate something. So if it's quite an emotional scene, if you can imagine what the breath is like in that scene, that's what I, I quite like to work with breath because then that gives your body and your voice uh, a suggestion to follow. Uh, so if it's quite an emotional scene, there'll be a lot of deeper breaths and a lot of, uh, there could be some panting. Um, so a lot of that happens with, with me is that I like to work from breath. I don't really draw a lot from my own experiences because uh, it's never worked for me. And um, so I like to go from suggestion and essence and imagination. Um, and that's exactly what I do for this. Yeah, no, that makes sense, and 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 I and that's more what I was getting at. Like there, I will clarify for anyone listening that chaotic idiots enter and knock. While I use the word intimate, um, I do not write explicit scenes. So when I mean intimate, I mean like emotionally vulnerable Aww. moment. Um, because I I can't. I just I have you a, sweet summer child. <laughs> very i have a strong limit <laughs> i have a limit and a moral and, and, and a line i won't cross as a writer because i don't feel comfortable with it um so these these two characters are emotionally intimate and they're playful and they're and they're flirty and if we get to the next season life willing you will see them banter a little bit more and have like more light-hearted moments as well as moments where where they, they fight a little bit um but uh so that's just it is 17 plus but more for mature themes of disability and um and mental health otherwise the spotify algorithm will not recommend us yeah anymore. basically <laughs> otherwise i get in trouble yeah <laughs> i don't want that to happen not worth um, it so so yeah so like i i do have a limit so that when i say intim- intimate it doesn't always necessarily mean explicit <laughs> just so listeners understand um but on that uh how did you read the relationship and i don't necessarily mean like like what was your interpretation of of them as companions and this is for both of you you can both Ooh. answer you know oh um Faith has come up with some hard questions, listeners. Um, mostly due to the fact that I my my brain is as empty as a piece of Swiss cheese. Um, but more specifically, I think when I go back to thinking about a relationship like Sirius and Edgar's, I almost think of something like um, almost like companionship, like very much like obviously the setting for some of it is semi-medieval so it's that kind of medieval men boys and boys like like connect like connection but also an element of servitude as well right where like part of the part of their love language and things has come from that stuff like they are not on the same level as as people within this society and so part of that specifically makes it like what many things that Sirius does for Edgar are service either of his own free will which he likes to think of them of but also as expected by the larger society as a whole so it is actually in some extent a relatively unequal relationship yes but also like very I but also I don't think that makes it any less like valid if that makes sense yes it does because that's exactly how i wrote it i very much took inspiration from my favorite characters um either robin hood and munch from uh much from a 
uh, BBC's um, 2006 or Arthur and Merlin. Mm-hmm. So there's a very nice word uh, that I think could be associated with them. It's simpatico, which means that they are there's elements of them that are at one. They understand each other better than anyone else, and. Um, even when they even when there could be tension between them um perhaps so say if sirius had ten, had tension with with edgar uh, the argumentative tension um uh, the the standoffish one there may be a side of edgar that might think he's wrong but another side that fights against it so i think that's a great angle to look at at a relationship like that is how are they the same and even when the moments when they are not that makes sense yeah. um what do you, yeah sorry i didn't want to cut you off you have more to add to that no 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 not really i mean is that kind of how you looked at it did you see um elements of their relationship that was it's it's that, funny. that was very well tuned or do you find them complete it's, or do you find opposites a sort of opposites attract situation it is a little bit because serious to me when i think of serious i think of someone who's very much i would i would describe serious as edgar's logical logical brain to his very impulsive heart hmm. and that's very good and that's how I look at them. It's 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 like a Sherlock and Watson situation. Sherlock's got, you know, the brains. And and so which would, you know, and uh and Watson is is, is that heart, you know. There 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 is something about that. Um so not that Edgar is stupid, but there are moments I think I think where the character's so impulsive and he needs serious to be like, okay, is this really the smartest decision? <laughs> You know, mm-hmm. and he's like, mm-hmm. "Yeah, because I say so," and then he ultimately pays for it. So that—that's kind of how how I how I look at them, and that kind of leads into Edgar is our neurodivergent autistic protagonist for Tinnock. He's a king. He's a soldier. He's an older brother, and he's got a lot of responsibility. Jack, how do you hope people will relate to Edgar? through your performances, given maybe you bring a little bit of your own experiences to the role? Um, I think audiences will definitely identify with the impulsive part. I think they'll definitely understand. I think they'll definitely identify with the whole thing of not being able to fully understand or control your feelings um, and therefore your actions. Um, so I think that's definitely something is the, is the fallibility. I think, um, fallible characters are always more compelling and more, more relatable and more interesting to watch or listen to in this case than a character who has things a bit more worked out for themselves people people who are comfortable in their own skin are very magnetic in real life whereas people who are fallible for whatever reason are much more interesting in in fiction mm-hmm. um and the second part is given edgar's neurodivergence in a way that's a little more i hate to use the word he's highly vocal i'm going to use that instead because I don't believe in functioning labels and there's not a better word for it, but he's on the much more vocal end of the spectrum. He's able to, to do a lot of things on his own. How, how did that make you feel portraying a character that isn't just autistic, but is also an active part of the story? Um, sorry, could you, could you just say that again? It just cut out very slightly on my end. Oh, it's okay. It's all right. Um, I just simply asked, Edgar's a little bit more vo- vocal. I mean, he's, he's a highly vocal oh, yeah. autistic individual. Um, how did it make you feel portraying a character that isn't just autistic, but is also an active part of the story and and really um, contributes? Uh, very, very good. I really like that. Um, I think that there's, 
there's a lot of um, autistic characters are portrayed. There's starting to be some stereotypes around it, where where in one instance they're the they're the super brain, or in some instances they're the highly closed off people. Right. Um, but there's something about uh, this character that's very out there and very there's a great deal of charisma um and i really enjoy that um as and i think that is a very there's a very unique flavor to this type of this type of character who is on the spectrum and, and i think that's a very good point to hammer in there is that um uh, autistic people aren't aren't this and they're not that that they can be something you you've not ever experienced or something you've not ever expected before 100 percent, yeah much much better and much more progressive than let's say autistic savant stereotypes yep. reaffirming that they are indeed a surgeon yep. um, for people who are listening for this in like the yeah. future um God. yeah go up and write the good doctor i am a surgeon yeah, or don't, or save yourself that. Yeah, please, God, help me. And which is why I, I make you, and I get it, it's because I was so tired. I was like, you know, wonderful strides have been made for autistic girls with Ellie McNoll's series. I've, I've fallen in love with, with that author and what she's done. And of course, Jessica as well is paving the way, I think, for, for, for boys on the spectrum as well. But before I before I knew about her book, I was like, well, what are we doing for the boys on the spectrum who I knew growing up who were nothing like what you're trying to write on this screen? And I'm and it angered me, which is why I wrote Jacob and I wrote and I wrote Edgar because I was like, okay, we're done. Let's my turn. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I and I was like, here, I'm gonna find actually autistic men on the spectrum. I don't care what age you are, but we're do it's it's time that we finally you know open some doors them too so that was um i agree with you very much john and this next question will go to you um is how do you think sirius understands edgar's disability or what makes him different it's not explicitly stated because of the era although i think in the sins of the past arc we do mention that he's autistic um mm -hmm. but what are some things that helps you to enhance your performances and bring compassion um, that are present in your acting choices when you are recording. Um, so very practically to introduce parts of myself to people who haven't said before, I am I am autistic. I, I am specifically I am autistic. I have ADHD. I am diagnosed with those. Great fun, as well as depression and anxiety disorders as well. Welcome so, to the club. You're a monster. Yeah, no, but very specifically, I was not late diagnosed, but like late teen diagnosed, which in the UK meant I was diagnosed at about the age of 14 or 15, oh. just before GCSEs, which is later than is usually uh, diagnosed, basically because I, I, every, I, I, I got loads of the tests and things you get, which are supposed to detect how good you are at school in the UK. Don't account for, um, don't account for neurodivergence. And therefore mm -hmm. I was getting lower scores than everyone said I should be getting on the tests because of everything around. So feeling it's, and so you very much, before I even found out, I, I, before I even had the diagnosis, I was very specifically feeling like I am trying so hard and nothing works and everyone is mad at me because they feel I'm not reaching some invisible bar that no one has told me about. And I feel like there's part of that with whenever you have serious thinking about Edgar, there's like, he is striving for something. He wants like, like, he, he he can't reach like there's 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 never going to be a way to reach like total understanding with everyone in the world but i also think for serious like that's also part like the parts of edgar that he loves it's uh, it's 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 passion and it's drive and i think he accepts that part of them he wishes they weren't so much of him 
but they're also they're they're important parts of everyone and that's the thing is everyone is different and so i think that's part of it that rather than like associating with specific labels which we don't uh, which weren't written i can't remember but very specifically the idea that no this is this is edgar and he loves edgar yeah. so it doesn't matter w what different parts are of him yeah if I, that makes sense i was rambling it does it's okay i walk on rambles here i go off on all the time and that's <laughs> here um jack can jack can tell you <laughs> uh, so the next one is aimed again at the both of you um i'm curious given you've been voicing sirius and edgar since 2021 but before tuna knock revealed some of their backstories did you come up with backstories of your own for the characters and their actions and what's that process like I didn't really. I kind of went off of um, I went off of what was what was fact, because um, that is enough for you to gain a sense of how this person feels. I think you've done a very good job with your writing to make Thank it you. clear what the that you welcome, what the story is, and who this person is, what they're going through, how they feel, and almost with that, there's not too much ambiguity so I, I didn't feel it necessary on my part I just read it and thought okay I have everything I need um so I don't want to be that guy that says no I don't do that but, <laughs> Not enough. Um, I did but I did for this and it, it, but I did with reason um there are some characters who I don't come up with a backstory to because they don't necessarily need it for me and I do for others just because there is ambiguity whereas with this it's there's a Shakespearean quality to it in that it's there's no subtext it is there's a lot of it's quite out there thank you yeah. like you I always get so like this is probably I think one of the biggest leaps of trust for me is handing off my work to somebody else and going I hope you like it because um, I've had people tell me that my characters weren't relatable and that my writing um, was probably the worst thing they've ever read so um, oh awesome. well that, that, they, know, eh? they are very obviously not very well like well read I'm just saying everyone read the eye of Argon it is the most horrific thing you have ever read <laughs> It is specifically for those who don't know. It is like a nerd's drinking game um, <laughs> of how far can you get without without mispronouncing or autocorrecting it. It is an amazing piece of literature. Um, it, amazing, as in it literally creates. I don't know, but yeah. So what I'm saying is, it is right. in no way ever. <laughs> a, your work is great. Let's revert it like that. Yeah. Also, everyone read some really bad like things submit yeah. to a magazine in like the 1980s. And yeah. Facebook is definitely better than that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you. Um, so my next my next question. What has been your favorite part of voicing the characters like Sirius and Edgar? Have you have either of you done anything like Tierna Knock to this skill before? And is there anything in your characters that you found yourselves right late? Mm, I can talk! Woo! Relating to <laughs> So uh, sorry, so the question is um the question is um Go ahead, I can repeat because my brain went Yeah, please please do. Sorry. Yeah, please do. Sorry. You're okay. also breaking up a little bit, Faith. I don't know. Yeah, I'm aware. I um, I don't have headphones that I can plug into this device, and uh, so if you need me to repeat anything, don't be afraid to ask. Cool. Well, you sound a bit clearer now, so yeah. Can you repeat that question? Yes, one hundred percent. So, what has your favorite part been of voicing characters like Sirius and Edgar? Have you done anything like turn an to this scale before? And is there anything in your characters that you found yourself relating to? My favorite part is the is how playful it can be and also how intense it can get. Mm -hmm. um, which um, can be hard to record when when I'm at home with everyone who I live with. So I, I tend to sometimes go in my garage. And that's quite nice because I get to, because you can barely hear the cars. 
um, but also I can allow myself to be a lot more playful and a lot more uh, uh, allow myself to just go head head first into some of the more uh, charged scenes. Um, and as for things I've done like this before, yeah, I've 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 done I've done some voice stuff before, um, especially. Um, especially in the last few years, because that's when I got um, some decent microphone equipment, um, so, and I really enjoy it. It's it's so much fun is is voice work, and it's it, it allows you to use your quite it allows you to use your imagination. I think a lot more uh, than in than theater and film in some way. I I really like I, I really agree with Jack. The idea of like that voice can like there's so much different way so many different ways you can do things. It's why one of the things I get really passionate about is when like big voice projects, etc., do not use specific voice actors. Because there are so many there are so many movies that you watch and you go I know you needed people for the draw, but like, like for the celebrity draw, but really there are so many people who do this better than them. And also <laughs> coming from a background that I, well, I lived and worked in Japan where like there is, there is an entire, there's an entire studio system based around voice actors, people who are famous for doing only their voice. So the idea of like, emphasizing that i always thought was really important and also i've either lived alone or with my partner who has already put up with enough um of my silly voices so <laughs> i i don't think anyone really minds apart from my neighbors but then again most of my neighbors until recently spoke japanese so <laughs> i don't think they could understand what i was saying regardless right um do uh, do either of you have a favorite scene from the story of guns record and um what part of it you would bring um it's a little hazy right now but there's a dream sequence i quite liked um and an episode i hope you can you can fill in the specifics but wasn't there a dream scene um where edgar was seeing no, it, there were, it was a chase scene. There was a chase scene associated with it. Sorry, my yeah. My okay. No, I remember the chase scene. I remember the chase remember, scene. Yeah, I like chase scenes because you get to just sit down and just do lots of heavy. <sighs> yeah, <sighs> but you just sat down. <laughs> I'm recording. I promise. <laughs> you can cut that if you want. Don't worry. Oh, no, you're fine. That's funny as all get. I think that wasn't it the chase sequence. Was it the one where Edgar gets branded, or was it the one where like Lord Ardor, who like who's like is the god of Edgar's like fire powers, like kind of like comes down and go and like freaks him out a little bit. God of the fire powers. God That's of the, the fire. Was, it was Ardor. It was the Ardor scene. That sequence was cool. Yeah, I that really liked that one. I think that was probably my favorite. When you asked that question, it's like, oh, instantly, oh yeah, I yeah. enjoyed doing that. That was a cool sequence because we we kind of got to see like the divines like being like, oh, you've already been branded, but that sucks. I was gonna do something worse to you. <laughs> <laughs> um, what about you, John? I think I have to go like all the way back to like the beginning and um because that's my favorite i think series two really sold out no um but <laughs> i specifically i really like the, the the scene with uh i can't remember where sirius is talking to edgar in the coma like very specifically yeah. like it's a very quiet scene it's literally it's just me so therefore it's amazing but no yeah. it's <laughs> it, it, it it gives you so much um opportunity as an actor to just feel and fill in the space and just uh, just like uh, do so much and just it, it was such a lovely lovely scene and i loved reading it and i loved performing it Faith. yeah um of course so next question the series has official art of the characters drawn by me but i'm curious how do you imagine them in your minds when you're recording or even when you went to audition because i really tried not to give you details about them so that you wouldn't try to put a kind of voice to match the art so i am kind of curious what what do edgar and sirius look like in your minds edgar looks um um any of you watch attack on titan yes yes 
I've yeah, read it. Uh, it's extremely historically problematic. I'm an expert Japanese history. I'm sorry. Yeah, but I, I, I've only um, my friends only just show me it now, and I kind of see how I how Eren looks in the in the latest season um, is kind of what I, I sort of pictured. That's cool. I will have to. Think you know the long, long. Yeah, hair. the long, yeah. long hair. The long, long hair. Long coats. Um, I will just quite, tell you, quite Jack. Sunken, strong features. You know. Sorry, John. That God. is a character who is about to and is in the process of committing genocide. <laughs> um, yes. I yes, will... I saw. I'm caught Good. up. Yeah. Good. Okay. Just so you know. <laughs> um, I. Yeah. I am. I am working on something to do with Attack on Titans confusing use of historical allegory. It's not great. Very um, this. What about you, John? Uh, Dante from Devil May Cry, but slightly more fancy. Ooh, I like that. Come there you on. go. <laughs> um, um, all right, so this is our... You can last... also cut out... Sorry, you can also cut out the thing about the history of Attack on no, Titan. No, I'm, no, no. <laughs> that, that one is... I'm baby. There are lots of angry people on the internet. I already have to argue with neo-Nazis occasionally. No, it's okay. What You're have fine. I done? <laughs> what have I unleashed? I love YouTube so much. <laughs> I No, I legit... There were legit... I was doing a podcast on Japanese history, and I got called out by a western professor who now lives in japan and writes for like the japanese equivalent oh of fox god. news oh my um, god saying this is awful whatever and i looked um i looked him up and he writes all kinds of things basically denying comfort women and the war crimes of the japanese army during world war ii oh and so i'm god. like oh great i don't have to listen to any opinions that you have That's... because they're all rubbish wow I'm so sorry. Yeah, no, that's that's my that's my frame of other work that isn't acting. Somehow I'm... filled with more problematic people than the world of acting. That, yeah, no, no kidding. So, last question. Um, for those who obviously don't know, though, we did mention this at the start. Jack and John are based in the UK. The accent didn't give it away. We all record the show remotely in our own homes. So I'm curious for the two of you. How tough is it to record remotely and often by yourself in a booth? Is there ever a thought that you haven't landed the emotions right for a scene? Because, in essence, we're kind of doing video game booth sessions. Minus the fact that I tell these two, hey, don't do it all at once. Do they listen? <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> I find it hard to not be very self-critical when you're doing... Really? Um, when you're doing stuff on your own. When you're recording on your I... own. I, I find it very agree. difficult, um, and I, that's something that I'm I'm trying to um, step back from is uh, stop focusing on how something sounds. Just just get the thoughts in, and then uh, the voice. Everything else will come in afterwards. I've just recorded something this afternoon that um, that I, I I tried not to dwell on too too long uh, on my delivery. So I find it a bit difficult, but. Um, it can be a lot of fun as well. Um, it is always, there's something quite, it's a good thing to, it's a good, um, it's a good way to keep in practice in a non-collaborative way. It's always, I love being collaborative with people when, yeah. when acting, but when you're alone recording on your own, um, I think there's a part of you that want, that lets loose a bit more, uh, yeah. but there's also that part that's a bit more, um, you you said that line in a really weird way, and you should feel bad about it, Jack. You silly. Person. I did. I did. <laughs> I do want to say that, like, I wish that I could, I could sit in and direct you guys because that was. But I knew, I knew, with having so many people on so many different sides of the world, I would have to settle either for we have a conversation and I and I explain to you things, or mm. or we try to figure out a way that I can sit down with you one one on one if you really need it. Um. Uh, uh, sorry, I'm just getting flashbacks to what was. It was a totally different project, but I had it was. I was a project I was getting paid for, so I felt like I couldn't say anything to them. Um, but I had something like twenty, thirty lines, Ooh. and this uh, uh, twenty, thirty lines. The pr and they had me do a solo set for like four hours whilst oh. they were on call with me, yeah. telling me just 
No, do that line slightly more like this, slightly more like that, slightly more like this. Uh, 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 we'll come back to that line later. And it is the most anti creative thing I have ever felt in my life. No, so, I'll tell very... you. Go yeah, ahead. sorry. No, you, you go ahead first, John. Uh, so, very much for this, I would, I really liked how much trust you gave us, Faith, good looking at the characters. But then I also was like, a lot of the time I record it and then I try to listen to it as little as possible. Yeah. And I trust, I trust you that I just send the takes to you and you go, if you'd like another one of any of these, let me know. I can do yeah. it. I can do it like that. But like, I'm not, it's not up for me to judge my own acting. Thank yeah. Christ. And let me, let me tell you this too. So like I, I have had a couple of rare sessions where I've been able to sit in on booth recordings, I directed. I directed the uh, my friend Jordan O'Neill, who played Malachi Foss in season one. He played my dad, and I've also directed. I directed the actor who played um, Aaron for seasons one and half of season two. And my way is that it's it's more of a collaborative process. It's like I'm going to sit here and I'm going to listen and I'm going to let you do your thing, unless I feel and and then I'll give you, I'll give you subtle direction. Neil Druckmann style. Okay, what are you thinking? And then let's <laughs> let's see. Like, let's try. Or, or I think I remember one time when Jordan was 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 giving me a line, um, and I was like, "That's that's fun. Give me more sass on that." And it's stuff like that. Instead of me going, "No, do it like this. Do it like this." It's like it's like mm, that was funny. Let's let's lean into that a little bit more. Like I want to encourage you to actually go after stuff just a little bit more. Um, mm. So my my style of directing is a little bit a little bit different, um, but I've also studied people like Andrea Romano. So I'm rather, I rather I want to pull your performance out, not inhibit you. But also your writing is very good at giving you giving like informing the actor of like the energy. Like the scripts are uh, well written in that. Okay, I do know what emotion I'm coming into the scene with. I know how it progresses. I know where it ends up. Like, so you can kind of chart that as you go through. Like, one hundred percent. Okay, so we've come to the end of our questions, but we do have a little bit of a special thing that we're gonna uh, read today. So, you guys were given um, a three-page script, and once again, you don't worry if it's perfect don't worry about the flubs don't worry about any of that um or what have you uh let's just uh let's just jump at it and, uh, okay. and i'll read i'll read like the stage directions and stuff like that when we get to it because i sent it to you guys um and let my device open it and i'll read the stage directions and the little brief side character and uh and then just let me know when you have that queued up I have it in front of me. Jack. I got it. Good. All right. So we are going to read a scene from a future season. Um, quarreling boyfriend <laughs> Sedgar in serious makeup after a falling out. Aww. <laughs> oh, Sweet. It's fun. Okay, so location. The Vampire Kingdom of Nocturne. The year is 1790, and Edgar and Sirius have just had an argument last night that has left Sirius quite fuming and piping angry with Edgar. Edgar, on the other hand, having been the instigator of the argument, is coming to sincerely apologize. So we're in the interior, the mage's clan, living compound, early morning. Sirius is in the arcane library, reading up on his studies of the magical arts in one of many tomes available to him. One of his fellow mages, Almer, enters the study and stands at the ready. Um, Altum Divinus Oberon? Alma, can you see? I'm currently preoccupied. Uh, unless there's something urgent to attend to, please leave me to my studies. Of course, sir. Typically, I would, so I hope you'll pardon my intrusion. But the king has stepped into your personal chambers and is seeking an audience with you. Uh... Sorry, uh, sorry. Yeah. are you reading the stage directions? I, sorry, I forgot to bold it. Sirius slams the book shut and grows enraged and saying a gust of air magic on accident, blowing out a series of lit candles in the room and startling Almer. Oh, uh, is he? <laughs> He's seeking an audience with me. Uh, yes. Well, 
You can tell at the miserable oaf. I have other affairs which require my attention. And if he'd so much as like to see me, he should bloody well. <sighs> Ask you himself. Edgar walks up a flight of marble-covered carved stairs into the little study area of the Arcane Library. He looks exhausted as he pushes past Almer, gesturing for him to leave. Leave us. And Almer, without a second thought or even a word, does so quickly, tripping as he slams the door library door behind him. Edgar and Sirius are now the only souls in the room, and Edgar, nervously and cautiously, approaches Sirius. Well, I see you just let yourself in anywhere. Um... You do realize that I'm the king, and I, well... I'll knock it off with the nonsense. What do you want, you bull-headed imbecile? He slams his arcane defensive tome on top of several other books with a thud and begins clearing away the table of his belongings in front of him, packing them away in his satchel. Angerful, eh, what the hell? Edgar folds his arms and leans against the bookshelf for half a second. Cheeky now, aren't we? You know, I would really watch that fiery words, love. Now piss off, you bloody knob. Wow, just, uh... No, sorry. I really don't have a comeback for that. Well, bloody damn bully for you. Now, if you haven't got anything useful to say to me, why don't you go crawl into the sea, your royal highness? Edgar storms up to him as Sirius slings the satchel over his shoulder and turns around, only to come face to face with Edgar. They're about the same height, so they're able to make eye-level contact with each other, and for a moment of two of silence, they look at one another. The anger and tension in the air is thick and intense. Look, I came here because what I said to you and how I acted was... A cocker. Bloody stupid and utter tosh. Yeah, that. And a whole other load of bollocks that I owe you an apology for. And it's... I... Uh, I'll spend the rest of my days making it up to you. Really? <laughs> and you think... Just like that. You'll come crawling in here the night after you've said, and it's all sugar and uh, apple tarts. Uh, uh, no, I, I don't. No, hang it all a bloody minute. Sirius Moff, hand on his hip, he furrows his eyebrows at Edgar and glowers at him. Cockwomble. You think, hmm, let me just walk in and those ridiculous, eternally boyish charms will just sweep me off my feet. Nah, like I'm some... Daft love-struck prince. <laughs> you're a prince to me when you're not trying to bite my head off. <laughs> prince, <laughs> you must have hit your head against the door, love. I'm nothing but the lowly orphan scum of some dead urchin. A pauper's son, I don't doubt it. Edgar shakes his head no, leans up against the table, looking serious his way, saddened. Well, if I fell for a pauper's son, I should be the luckiest vampire in the entire land. Because for all the cock-ups and shite and idiotic things I say, uh, do, and sometimes most definitely mean, the one thing I love more than all the riches of this world is you. End scene. Yay. That was wonderful. Thank you guys so much. Um, <laughs> and that is it for our show. Um, uh, thank you so much, really, um, uh, for being my guest, for celebrating this four years with me. Um, you know, I'll be very honest. I I adore I adore Edgar and Sirius, and the fact that you two like brought them to life, um, is just a joy to me. Oh, thank you, thank you, thanks for having us. Of course, yeah. you're welcome, and thank you, thank you for uh, for coming on with me. Have a good evening, you guys, and I will. Uh, I'll, I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Have a good thank evening. You. 
Yep. And have and all and to all a good night. <laughs> ho ho ho. <laughs> Bye. We are recording this in May, by the way. Yes. Tis <laughs> the season. Oh, God. <laughs> this is what I put up with. See, this is what I've been putting up with the last four years. <laughs> oh, I will talk with you two later. Bye bye. Thank you. Right, so are we doing a proper bye? Yeah. Yep. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. Bye bye. Thank you. Thank you for having us again. You're welcome. You're welcome. Oh, hope is bright.